0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. If I sound enthused, I'm really not. This episode's not going to be a fun one. Um, they went to Western Canada and blew it three times. Now, to be fair, to be fair, I think there were differences in how they lost those games, even though they were by eerily similar scores for all of them. All of them, Dan. All of them. So all they lost a very different six-three games, which is weird to say. But I think we're going to elaborate more as we go on here. But as usual, the Western Canada trip was an absolute disaster. And if the solace was, well, maybe they can change their team around, get some assets for some players that probably won't be on the future iterations of this team, then they will do that. And uh, they didn't do that, but they did stop gap one position exactly, which is a move I think is not a bad one, but it's also not one that really moves the needle much at all in terms of the future of this team. Um, maybe it'll help to build some confidence for the younger guys. But the Devils made one deadline deal, and that was training away Nate Schnarr for goaltender Andrew Hammond. If you remember the Hamburglar, he helped power the Ottawa senders to the playoffs a couple of years back. Um, and then he hasn't done much since. He's been in and out of the AHL, he's had decent numbers in the AHL, but uh he was most recently playing for the Montreal Canadians who have had an absolute disaster of a season. Uh, for similar reasons that the Devils had, and then more on top of that. But, uh, yeah, Hammond is the newest Devil. He'll probably take over the net in its entirety, I would assume. Maybe shelter Nico Dawes a little bit. And then, um, yeah, they'll see what they have going forward and see what the Blackfoot situation is like. I I think it's amazing to think about going into this year how confident we were that that was the one thing that that was addressed. You know, goalies, we can rely on goalies to some extent. And now it has completely flipped on its head. Now it's the forwards who are scoring goals, who are finding ways to penetrate the offensive zone and the goalies and defense who absolutely cannot keep up with anything. The other teams did. I would say of the five goals, the devil's allowed against Edmonton with a goalie in the net. I I would be very comfortable saying Gillies is responsible for four of them. You would be not only comfortable, Dan, you would
1: also be correct. Mm -hmm. You would be right. You would be accurate because Gillis was an absolute snail in the net. He was, he was beaten right to the left three times in three mm-hmm. different plays, too. Yep. It was remarkable. And Mr. Ruff, super experienced head coach, Mr. Ruff decided, no, I'm going to keep this guy in net instead of give Nico Dawes, whom started back to back in Vancouver and Calgary earlier last week, pulled him in both games to give Gillis uh, more time to not shine out there. hmm. But for some inexplicable reason felt, oh, no, I got to let you listen in on this. I got to let us let it stay here. Dan,
0: do we want to talk about the games first or do we want to talk about the deadline? I, I think it makes more sense to talk about the games first because it helps to okay. inform the deadline. Sure. Mm-hmm. OK, so the Devils go into this deadline with a rare shootout
1: win. They go into Vancouver and you were correct. These three losses all 6-3 losses were very different from one another in the Vancouver game the Devils had an awful start made a comeback they were tied 2-2 25 minutes into the game so early in the second period and completely fell apart with a back-to-back backbreaker of goals allowed to Bo Horvat and Tanner Pearson in the middle close to the middle of the second period within
0: seconds of each other and this has been a problem all year letting in yeah but how 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 dare how are i how dare I
1: suggest that the Devils are a mentally fragile team when they repeatedly have done stuff like that? Mm. Uh, it's I, I feel like I, I get justified now. Nathan Bastion, uh, credit to him, jams in a goal. Uh, I think created by Sharon Govich, literally jams it in off the pad of Thatcher Demko to make it a four three game, uh, past the halfway mark, make it a game, and um, well, you see Tyler Mott. Took a double minor for high sticking near the end of the second period, with a four-minute power play. Dan Mm -hmm. on the road Mm -hmm. down a goal. Mm -hmm. What happened? Uh, Shorthanded. What happened? A shorthanded. A shorthanded goal. Mm -hmm. The league leaders of shorthanded goals allowed led up their ninth of the season to Mister Horvat.
0: Is it the same garbage? That was the ninth. That wasn't the tenth, and they had had nine.
1: You're going to give me a moment. You're going to have to cut this part out as I'm going to now go. No, no, it's okay. Like, it's
0: still a staggering number either way, right? Like, I don't even want to cut around this conversation, given that whether it's nine or 10, whenever you find this answer, that is a wholly unacceptable number. I think the next closest team in terms of goals allowed is, what, like six?
1: Well, that is why we are looking this up. So we have facts because it's important that we inform the people since the New Jersey Devils broadcast on MSG, um you know they see they they mentioned this kind of stuff but then ken danico rambles about character or what it takes to win and, and a whole bunch of other nonsense that doesn't make anybody smarter for hearing it so mm-hmm. let's look up the numbers shorthanded goals that's shorthanded goals four we don't mm-hmm. care about that that doesn't happen <laughs> no actually fun fact there is a team tied with the devils right now in short-handed goals allowed with oh. los angeles with nine wow and second place is a three-way tie between philadelphia whom are whom are just ahead of the Devils in the standings right now. And just Montreal lost their Can- captain. <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens, whom have the worst record in hockey but managed to be active at the trade deadline. And the San Jose Sharks, who acquired a goaltender that would have been a lot help, more helpful than Andrew Hammond. Mm. They each have given up eight shorties mm. as of this recording. Washington, whom the Devils will see at the end of this week, uh, have given up seven. So there are a number of teams that have h- had issues giving up the shorty, but the Devils have made an art of it thanks to the wonderful systems and of Mark Reckie, some bad execution. You're now down three to five. And then somebody named Yuho Lamico makes it six to three in regulation, play out the string. That's your first loss of three in the row on this trip. <laughs>
0: Do you remember that two-week period where the power play was kind of working?
1: Yeah, they were shooting at like 25%,
0: Dan. Yeah,
1: do you remember how at 25% it has
0: completely collapsed since then and been effectively as useless as it was to start this whole discussion of the power play needs work?
1: And, and and it's exactly why even when it was hot, I people like myself, people who matter like myself and yourself and others on the All About the Jersey website and Twitter and other locations, people who were paying attention to how the power play was performing, how they were – you know, moving the puck, nothing really changed other than that some shots went in. It's great when shots go in, Dan. It's wonderful. I I want more of it too. You want more of it. The people who matter want more of it. But the reality is, is that sometimes your shots just don't go. And then all the same problems that we've lamented and complained about in October, November, and December just reappeared, even though Nathan Bashan is standing in front of the goaltender. It's almost as if that wasn't the issue with
0: the power play. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not what it was. And there's a lot of I, I mean, I also want to talk situationally. I know they've allowed nine shorthanded goals, but the timing of when they've allowed these shorthanded goals is somehow more brutal. Oh, absolutely. Because it, it's not just, oh, you're
1: giving up an empty netter and you lost the game by three instead of two or whatever. Oh, no, th- these are goals against that have brutally changed the impact of how the game would go. You know, mm-hmm. a potential 4-3 on the road is not a bad situation. Giving up an early third period goal at the tail end of that four-minute power play where nothing much was done, yep, that is a killer. And did the Devils really recover from that? No. No, no, no they didn't. No. Once again, you know, all the experience behind the bench. We got Mr. General Manager himself, Tom Fitzgerald, uh, possibly with a working phone in his hand, mm-hmm. um, you know just quiet as the team went into Calgary the next night. Calgary, if you remember, was sort of the first realization that this team may not be all that great because Calgary, way back in October, came to the Rock
0: and dropped a four spot on the Devils. And, you know... I've I've been dreading the the reverse version of this game since they played in New Jersey because Calgary just looked that good. They looked like they were in a completely different echelon of hockey than the Devils. And they are... yeah, they're they're the best team in the Pacific,
1: blah, the Pacific Division. If you're lamenting the lack of a playoff race in the Eastern Conference, go watch the Pacific Division. There there are spots up for grabs. There is drama every night. But Calgary is the best in that division by far, and we got another reminder of that. But however, unlike the Vancouver game, this one started pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they gave up a goal to Brett, you know, Brett Ritchie, which is not fun. But then Dawson Mercer snipes a shot. It's 1-1. One, one. Then the Devils completely lose their mark, and uh, Andrew Mangiapane scores his 30th of the season late in the first period. Still, you're down 2-1, but P.K. Subban gives you a rare goal. So now it's 2-2. Two two. Uh, about Again, about 25 minutes into the game in regulation. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the response for the next five minutes, Dan? What happened in the following five minutes after Subban tied it up at 2-2, two, two, Dan? <laughs> they uh, immediately gave up a goal again. Well, not immediately. There was there was like two minutes before the goalie. Uh, oh, sorry. Before Dylan Dubay scored, but you are on. You're, you're in the right area. Mm-hmm. You're, you're warm, Dan. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you want me to get you hot? Do you want me to let you touch the flame of truth? Go ahead. Okay, Dylan 704. Three, You know they go up three two. Matt Kachuk nine thirty one makes it four four to two. Milan Lucic yes, mm-hmm. Milan Lucic is still in this league. A minute after Kachuk's goal makes it 5-2 to Calgary. There's your game. Yegor Sharangovich scores, you know, a nice-looking consolation goal. Johnny Goudreau throws in an empty netter. Devils take zero penalties all game, so at least their penalty kill didn't give up anything. They didn't give up a shorty. All of this was at 5-on-5. Dawes got the start of this one, got pulled after the Kachuk goal. So Lucic literally you literally may have scored on Calgary's first shot against them in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep that m- note in mind when we talk about the Edmonton game oh, gosh. and uh, you know, Calgary put up 16 shots on net. Like they just, they just kept coming at the devils. It was almost like uh, the, it was almost like watching a college football route in the sense of like, Hey, they're on the field. We're going to keep playing. We're going to keep yep. getting yards. We're going to keep, you know, making plays. It's like, well, they're still on the rink. So what are you going to do? Tell them? No, yeah. <laughs> Please stop. You can't wave a white flag in the NHL, but uh, the Devils lost 6-3 to three in another very disappointing fashion where not a lot of positives you could take out of this one.
0: And that brings us to Saturday, <sighs> Saturday afternoon in Edmonton. What an awful game this was, given the fact that the Devils actually hurt. played really well. The Devils, I would say, like they were actually fun to watch that day. They were keeping pace with the fastest guys on Edmonton, which is like that one line. But... Uh, they had this game in hand. They went into the third period up three to two, even though. No, it's worse than that, Dan. They went up three to two early in the third period. Oh, there it was. Okay. So yeah, they went up three to two early in the third period, but the two goals that they had allowed, we kind of glossed over it for a moment here. Oh my God. I have not seen, I have not seen like, I don't know what happened that day. Is it exhaust? Like, I have not seen a person react so slowly to any pucks. And the tying goal, which was, or no, the, the one that gave Edmonton the lead, the Evander Kane goal, uh, the wraparound, which no one really knew was a goal until they checked it later. I don't, his, it looked like his entire body got held up by his left leg moving across. I haven't seen anyone be that unaware of a wraparound in maybe my entire time watching hockey. So here's the thing, Dan. Remember how I said, hey, remember that
1: John Gillis possibly gave up a goal on Calgary's first shot as he saw at the game in face 20 shots in that 6-3 loss to Calgary? Mm-hmm. So he got the start of this one. Now, mind you, mind you this is Saturday. Ca- the Calgary game was Wednesday. So the Devils had two days of no games. Nico Dawes did not get the start of this game. Okay, fine. Nico Dawes' last two starts in Vancouver and Calgary went bad. I get it. You know, let's, mm-hmm. let's put in Gillis. Fine. One minute and 11 seconds into the game. Gillis gets caught too far to his right post is looking behind the net and dry you know, pulled Jujarvi just picks him apart and finds Leon dry for an early goal. Thankfully, Jesper Bratt decided to put on his all-star moment. His, you know, put on his all-star skates, if you will, and, and rifle in a shot to make it one, one fairly early in the game. And then the score holds for a while. Gillis makes some saves awkwardly, but he he was there making saves. And then the Evander Kane moment happened where once again, he's caught too far on the right post. By the time he realizes, oh, I have to get to the other post. He's too slow. Not only that, Ryan Graves is not helping. He's lunging out his stick. so I think he inadvertently put the puck in the net for Kane. Nevertheless, it's 2-1 late in the second period. But then Jesper Bratz, you know, bounces in a, a goal that made Miko Koskinen look silly. And then Nico Heischer finishes a great feed from Brot to make it three-two, three minutes and fourteen seconds into the third period.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and then he, and then Tyson uh, oh, Berry's stupid. This is a terrible yeah. goal.
1: Yeah. The devils basically just start getting rampaged from this point on. Cause you know, the home team is down a goal. They figure, Hey, we, we kind of need this game. We're Edmonton. We need to make the playoffs please. And the devils have nothing to play for. So this was very apparent. Like Gillis, once again is beaten at the left post. He doesn't, he knows it's coming to the, towards the left post. He doesn't cover the whole thing and it goes over his shoulder somehow. So it's now three to three. And then PK Subban decides tripping somebody was a good idea. A minute later, mm-hmm. and then you have the uh, an awful careen off Michael McLeod's uh, skate. This one yeah, was, was an accidental, mm-hmm. an unlucky bounce, which led to a scramble that Evander Kane put into the back of the net at 12:03. And then on the next shift, Zach Hyman once again another quick fire double for the opposition to make it five to three. And you're sitting there going, Gillis. How did you not make the save? You know, I, you know, defenders, I guess, would want to say, oh, you know, the devil's allowed 40 shots to Edmonton. And it, the, the goals that Gillis gave up in oh, this game, God. they were brutal were and they were backbreakers.
0: You could see every player on the ice. Look at that goal and be like, like how did that just go in? Like, and, and this is one of my frustrations is this team,
1: this organization's aversion to change. OK, Nico Dawes had a bad start in Vancouver and Calgary and you wanted to pull him to make a statement to the rest of the guys. Fine. That made sense. I'm not sitting here saying you made the wrong decision there. I get it. How? After the Barry goal or even after the Kane goal, Dan,
0: why would you stick you stick with Gillis in net? I have no idea. If, if I know. I know. Like, I, 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 like fatigue, was Nico right? Dawes sick? Yeah, I don't know. But even then, you
1: can't even say fatigue because the Devils were off the previous two games, and Dawes was pulled early from the last two starts he had.
0: God, that Barry goal, that never should... That should, from that angle and where it went in, that should never, ever, ever go in.
1: Correct. And again, Ruff decided to go down with this Gillis ship, and, you know, Connor McDavid sails in an empty netter, so it's another 6-3 loss. Mm -hmm. And, And... as you said, Dan, the Devils played a fairly good game for, you know, 60% of this game. You know, this could have been, this could have been a result with some competent goaltending. Mm. And yeah, I understand you don't want to run a goalie into the ground, but at the same time, you can't have it both ways. You can't exalt. Oh, look at Dawes getting nine straight starts and then turn around and go, well, now he's too tired. Gee, I wonder why he's too tired if you keep Mm -hmm. starting him for nine straight games. Oh, but then after two days off and pulling him early of those, Uh, eighth and ninth starts respectively oh we can't put him into the third period in Edmonton we can't do that
0: (laughs) the thing that's kind of like funny about all this what do I want to say here I mean it is just I want to see what the addition of Hammond actually does here because it feels like the results again don't really matter all that much but the process will be better if they know that they have someone back there who's a little bit more, I don't know, good at being a goalie. Um, right. But nine straight games, like the coaching staff has to change. And ironically enough, the one that's making the best case for himself is Alain Nazruddin, Is he not? No, he's no. not. Because Given, he's in charge of the defense. <laughs> he's Okay, let's, let's talk about this then. Let's talk okay. about the fact that the penalty kill has gotten, Much first better. of all, night and day. Yes. But not only that, they've gotten more discipline, too, as a result of that. Oh, yeah. The Devils are one of the least uh, penalized teams, if I am. Listen, if he fixes one issue at a time, that's still better than whatever Recky and Ruff are doing. No, I fully agree that on that end. I agree. And when I say he's making his best case, that doesn't mean he's making a particularly good case. But he is the coach making okay. the best case. This is true. And that and I'm glad you brought this up, Dan. I will. OK, I agree with
1: you. Yeah, there you go. I am agreeing with you. There we go. And this is another point of my larger frustration with this recent deadline and the season as a whole. Mm-hmm. The team knew that the penalty kill was garbage in mm-hmm. like five, six games or, or, you know, the first 10 games of the season. Mm-hmm. They decided to change their entire system and it has been worlds better. It's yet, been so good. It's like top 10 or top 15 right. in the NHL. It, now. It, it, it's just outside of the top 10 in terms of total success rate, by the way.
0: If not for the beginning, but, but, but of the season, Dan, it would be like
1: top Dan, seven. Right. But Dan you and I were yeah. are we hockey experts? Oh,
0: uh, no, no, I would,
1: I would not say so. And For I've been sure running no. a, all about jerk, I've been running a hockey blog since 2006. Mm-hmm. However, you and I could also say, cool, you fix a penalty kill. So what about that power play? Mm-hmm. What about your five on five defense? Yeah. What about your goaltending? Oh, we're, we're just, we're going to, they, they've done the barest minimums to try and change that. And they're still running the same way that they were doing since the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And that is a big reason why this team is sitting at 22, 35 and five and is currently on pace of being the worst devil's season in the salary cap era. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not even included that even includes last season's 56 game season. This point percentage is below 40% right now. Mm -hmm. It is a team who is behind the flyers in the standings. They are 29th out of 32 teams. So to that end, I am completely mystified that after you know, all the different rumors that we've discussed, all the different possibilities, you know, all the different directions. The fact that Fitzgerald has a history of being very active, working with a bad hot devil's team to at least do something by the deadline and keyword is by the deadline, not just Mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. There's a whole time period where a lot of things could have been done. The only activity has been, Oh, we're going to trade Nate Schnarr for Andrew Hammett who might be keyword is might might be better than John Gillis.
0: I hope you better is. than John Gillis. It's hard not to be better than John Gillis. And I'm, I, don't and know, I usually don't like rail on people like this, but oh my God. Yeah. The that Edmonton performance game. against Edmonton was just like, I'm, I'm done with him. I'm over but it. But then I, I found out an even worse thing about oh, the Andrew boy. Hammond deal because uh, I didn't
1: realize this until today.
0: Okay. He's
1: recovering from a rolled ankle. Oh my God. That means one, Tom Fitzgerald traded for a guy who's hurt. Mm. Two, Tom Fitzgerald cannot say hey put hammond into the lineup for this i don't know tonight's game against our hated rivals or perhaps tomorrow's game in toronto against the maple Leafs, or even saturday's game against washington because he's recovering for a rolled ankle meaning guess what dan we're either rolling nico dawes into the ground again or john gillis is gonna play again in a uniform after doing everything possible in edmonton to show that he should not be
0: yeah Uh, let's talk deadline then so deadline deadline uh, a couple of goalies moved. None of them yeah. to the devils. That could have been good fits. I think a uh, was definitely someone you could have grabbed. They uh, oh, yeah. didn't even need him really. And they got him. Um, so there you go. That's a move that was made. Uh, they weren't going to go for someone like Marc-Andre Fleury. That just made no sense. Um, no. But he moved as well to Minnesota. That's interesting. Um, let's see what else happened. Claude Giroux is now a member of the Florida Panthers. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Rangers made a couple of death moves with Justin Braun, Tyler Mott, and Andrew Kopp. Um, Let's see. What else was happening? A bunch of smaller names moved. Uh, A bunch of Ducks moved. The Ducks are having a really, really good season, but they still kind of acted like sellers at the deadline. Mm -hmm. Um, And the one time they tried to buy, it didn't go through. So that's another caveat of all of this. Um, The Dadnov deal held up and probably voided. Right. And there was, there was a bunch of
1: other um, notable moves that playoff teams kind of do. Like for example, Ricard Raquel was a last minute move from Anaheim to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, you had Nick Letty, bizarrely go to St. Louis. You had Arturi Lekkinen of Montreal, go to Colorado. You had um, Brett Kulak go to Edmonton. Um, you notice I'm mentioning, a Oh, Marcus Johansson from Seattle becomes a Washington capital yet again. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently was worth Daniel Sprong for reasons I can't figure out. Yep. Um, Seattle sent away Jeremy Lazon. They sent away Mason Appleton. Ah, oh, Goodness, who else? Oh, they also sent Mark Giardano to Toronto uh, along with Colin Blackwell for a whole heap of picks. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I'm picking on these particular players, Dan, even though the the most lopsided deal may have been the Hampus Lindholm deal, Mm. uh, which somehow was worth a first, a second in 2023, a second in 2024, two two players, and Boston decided to give him a ridiculous amount of money. And yeah, Uh, and the extension, right? Like right away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that teams worse than the Devils in the standing, Seattle, Arizona, Montreal, were very active today. Or rather, they were active yesterday, whereas the Devils – Did not. Now I'm not going to, I get it. You know, guys like PK Subban weren't very attractive. I get it. The cap hit was too difficult to do. So
0: I think even Pavel Zaka is not very attractive. You know, he he was
1: injured in the Vancouver game. Mm -hmm. So whatever rumor that was around Zaka, I guess went up in smoke. By the way, incredible
0: timing for that injury. Incredible as usual.
1: Yeah. In fact, he's still out by the way. So it's not like a little minor thing. Uh, Jimmy Vesey, fun fact, uh, he revealed today to Amanda Stein that he's been sick for the past two weeks and actually mm-hmm. lost some weight, but he played through all two of the last two weeks, Dan. Mm-hmm. He played in all these games that we have talked about because yeah. when somebody is ill, you just throw them out there. It's the Lindy rough way. Just the hockey the way, really? Way. Well, that too, but it's almost like our team is bad. Just, just, just get healthy, man. Get some, I don't know if weight. that's a rough syndrome as much as a
0: hockey culture syndrome, though. I, I'm going to be honest well, with you about that.
1: Well, to be fair, you're not wrong that it's a culture issue, but, you know, Ruff is the one who in charge of this case.
0: I don't know if it's a culture issue to Ruff, though, or to the sport. I think a lot of the players in the league would have acted the exact same way under any coach. The point is, is that (laughs) still a bad idea,
1: (laughs) not only a bad idea, but if other teams said, man, this guy's sick and plays poorly, then why do I want him? Yep. Whereas, you know, in a trade deadline where even Jeremy Lazan garnered something in return, you would think somebody would want a Jimmy Vesey. Mm-hmm. Or would or be interested in you know throwing a 2023 pick for Andreas Johnson or Thomas Tatar, other or other guys that uh, to do that, instead, the Devils just traded Schnarr for Hammett, yeah. and, and and again my my frustration here Dan, is is somebody issue in this one little quote here. I ranted about this at all about the Jersey. Lots of people disagreed with me, and that's fine. People sure. are allowed to disagree with me. I think they're wrong, um, but my big beef here is that. Tom Fitzgerald stated, and this is a quote from his post deadline press conference. And I'm quoting this from uh, Mike Morial here, quote, we are starting to shape ourselves into the organization and the team we want to be with continued additions, selling off for just draft picks and continue to get younger was not my goal at the deadline, end quote. Okay, Dan, Mm -hmm. that is a perfectly acceptable approach. If you're in the standings like where Columbus is Mm there, they were another team where, yeah, they moved Max. Max Domi, yeah, Detroit moved Nick Letty, but they weren't exactly like heavy players by this deadline.
0: Yeah, no, I'm saying like where those two teams are specifically. Right, Te- yeah. teams
1: that where, yeah, they have no shot at making the playoffs, but they're also not scrubs. They're not, in the, they're not looking at a bottom five finish like the New Jersey Devils are. Mm-hmm. The Devils, again, as of this recording, are just five points ahead of Arizona, Seattle, and Montreal, who are all tied with 44 points for last in the league. The mm-hmm. Devils are tied directly with Ottawa, um, for 28th place, but Ottawa has more regulation wins, so that's why the Devils are in 29th. Right. They're behind the Philadelphia Flyers, who have made baffling moves. They literally got less out of Claude Giroux than what they had to give up to get Risto lined Verla- in in the first place, <laughs> and then proceeded to extend him
0: <laughs> for some reasons. Yeah, that, uh, that
1: team is in a bad streak, Dan, and the Devils are worse than them right
0: now. Yeah, but it's so
1: funny. <laughs> so my, so, but Dan, <laughs> see, here's, here's my frustration. I get that yeah, maybe there weren't going to be a lot of calls and whatever returns the Devils were going to get wasn't going to be very much. But you got to go in some direction here. If you're going to give the line of, oh, I like, you know, if you, Tom Fitzgerald repeatedly said it in the, in the press conference, I like this team. I like this team. If he likes this 22-35-5 and five team, which has had glaring flaws since the beginning of this season and an especially glaring flaw since December, where the only answers that Fitzgerald has made has been to send future considerations for John Gillis, which is age like milk, and -hmm. then trade Nate Schnarr for Andrew Hammond, who is injured and can't help the team right away. I'd hate to see what he does, what team he doesn't like, looks like, because this is, this is bizarre to me. It's like, pick a direction. Okay. If you're going to say, you know, I, I make a move towards the future, even a small one, look for another Siegenthaler like move, look for a player to say, you know what, this guy's not getting a fair shake. We're going to give him an opportunity. Let's go. Or say, you know what? I know we're a young team, but we're, we're in the bottom five of the division and guys like Johnson Tatar, arguably other guys you know, might not have longer futures in this, in this organization. There's a whole heap of players in Utica that let's be real, Dan, they're all not going to make the NHL. So yeah, you might, well, might as well start selling a couple of them just to boost some assets for maybe future deals. You got to pick a direction here. Standing uh, pat to me is just, maddeningly confusing to me and enraging in the same way that I'm enraged and baffled by the coaching staff that understood quickly the penalty kill sucks. So let's fix it. Let's do something about it. Oh, but all these other problems, let's not do anything about it and just keep telling ourselves that it's fine.
0: Well, so uh, like, okay, I, I, I can see that. And um In terms of the thing with his job, right, as GM, is that he gets a couple of opportunities and windows of time in which he can make moves like this. And so far in the off seasons, he's proven that he's more than capable of navigating it. Mm -hmm. We keep saying the Devils keep winning the offseason. But I think it's so hard to assess this team like it still continues to be difficult to assess them like we know that they're probably more bad than good overall but it's still difficult to assess how the year has gone given the fact that their number one defenseman their number one center each missed a month of time like their their number two center missed time as well he was sick he had injuries of his own i mean they had plenty of different things that happened this year that does make them hard to assess. So when you reach the trade deadline, it's, you know, how important is it that I'm trading these guys? But there's plenty of eligible candidates they could have traded. I actually Mm -hmm. think they're going to hold on to VZ for another year. I think that they're going to maybe experiment with bringing him back. But I don't, like, P.K. Subban, they know they're not bringing back. It's just that no one wanted the money. Like, it's a hard asset to move, admittedly. And, like, everyone knew that going into it. Zaka injured. And, you know, he's shooting where he's supposed to be at. His points pace is better than it has been. He's just not a sixth overall pick. He's, again, the Daniel Jones of Devils draft picks. He is someone who, um, he's big and tall, and so that's why he was drafted, essentially. Yeah. So once you have the summer, I I think we're going to see some of these players move in the summer. I mean, almost definitely Zaka, because I can't imagine them giving him another contract. I can't see it. I just don't, I don't think there's any value in that money being spent on him and not elsewhere. But I think the offseason is going to have a lot more interested parties and not especially in the Eastern Conference where the playoff race has essentially been decided. That lowers your pool down to basically eight teams who want to make a move, right? Yeah, exactly. Within the East, we knew who the eight teams are. We've been doing this for months. But know? that but that's I'm saying that that limits his pool of potential suitors for these players that have to be moved.
1: Correct. So yeah, maybe well.
0: it, it'll be better in the off season. Maybe that explains why he wasn't able to make some of the moves that he did, even though other teams were able to, I do think the devils this year on like years in the past where they've had deadline commodities. And also the fact that there were so many players available at this deadline compared to what the devils were offering. Um, I, I think that did make his job significantly harder. I think the devils commodities that they had up this year were way less attractive than ones they've had up in past years. And I honestly don't think they want to move Severson period. Well, I, I personally think that might be a mistake. Yes, Um, but I don't think they want, I think you're right that it might be a mistake not to capitalize on the high that he's riding right now, but right. I I think in their eyes, they see that as more sustainable for him and who knows.
1: Right. But see, that's, that speaks to a large, another larger issue. This is a 10,000 foot view vision here is that, you know, a lot of what's driving my frustration here isn't, Hey, the devils are bad this season. I mean, that's part of it, Dan. It's, They've been bad ever since Tom Fitzgerald became the interim GM. And they've been very bad since this whole rebuild has began in 2015. Like Mm -hmm. we're literally getting close to, (coughs) excuse me, we are going to hit a decade since the last time the Devils won two playoff games, Never mind a playoff series. Mm -hmm. We're going to be after, after, after the, you know, we, once we hit 2023 while we're doing this podcast, we're at episode 200 and something here i'm gonna just randomly point out that hey dan did you know that it's been literally a decade since the devils have been in the playoffs Mm
0: -hmm. except
1: for that one time in 2018 when taylor hall went played out of
0: his mind and dragged the team there against their (laughs) will almost i saw you were going there and i completely agreed i would have said that if i hadn't realized that we were recording a podcast so yes i'm with you yeah the (laughs) point is here dan is like you know i i can
1: i've been very patient dan You've been very patient. A lot of the people who have met her have been very, very patient. You know, I understand the hockey news has the Devils on their front cover of their future watch issue. I know that their core has been playing well. I know there's actual legitimate positives. And I'm, you know, I look at the I look at the underlying numbers. I look at the expected goals, Dan. I look at these things. I see the gains. Mm-hmm. But guess what, Dan? It's got to all lead to results at some point. And this team has not only not gotten the results, A lot of the reasons why they haven't gotten the results are stupidly obvious to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And this organization filled with experienced, supposedly educated individuals in this sport are not even doing a whole lot to really address it. It's almost as if they're Tom Fitzgerald constantly saying, I like this team. I like this team. I like this team. You know, I I'm encouraged about how exciting that they play. Hey, Hey Tom, you're, you're literally on pace to lose your job next season, man. Show a little more urgency be a little bolder. Don't give me this. Oh, well, you know, it's difficult stuff. Yes. Being a GM is difficult in the NHL. Welcome to life. It's well, filled with so few stuff. who have
0: the job. Yeah. There's so few of them.
1: Yeah. Just <sighs> make, make the damn effort. Don't make jokes about how nobody was calling you back. Sell, <laughs> learn to sell your guys better. All
0: right. Well, well that has come and past and the devil's got no yes. better except for in nope. goal, I guess. And that's remains to be seen, but um, beyond that, they have a couple of interesting opponents this week, starting oh, yeah. with that time of recording tonight the uh, newly and depth included New York Rangers, uh, followed by the newly and depth included Toronto Maple Leafs, and then the team that they've beaten once in 10 attempts, the Washington Capitals. A Washington team. And by the way, Dan,
1: all three of those teams have played very well recently, uh, mm-hmm. in particular, our hated rivals in Washington. Washington only recently lost their first game in uh, March and mind you, it's March 22nd. They might lose an. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry about that. They might lose another game before they face the, uh, wa- uh, face the Devils on Saturday, but you are right. You know, at least the Devils can say they have a win over Washington this season. They have yet to beat our hated rivals and they absolutely got pasted by Toronto in the last four periods. They played them. So Dan, I'm not super confident about this week after dropping three straight six to three to Vancouver, Calgary and Edmonton mm-hmm. against these three actual bonafide near mortal lock playoff teams, as opposed to the one mortal lock playoff team and the and, and two hopeful guys. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I will say, however, on the 27th, because, uh, of course, this weekend is a back to back weekend. The Devils will host Montreal. They could be I'll Montreal. be there. They could beat Montreal, Dan. Yeah, hopefully I'll see them win a game, you know. That, that would be very nice since it's entirely possible. And again, I'm not trying to be pessimistic or doom saying just because, you know, I'm not in a happy mood about this organization and what direction they are or are not going in. But the harsh reality is that the Devils are playing some really good teams. The Devils are not a good team. <laughs> so it's entirely possible they go into that Montreal game with six straight losses like that's just the harsh, harsh harsh possibility. I hope I'm wrong. Yep. I want the devils to win tonight. I would love it if they beat Toronto. I would love it if they beat Washington. I would love to record next week um you know either on the 27th the 28th or whenever we find the time to do it next week I could say I was wrong Dan the devils actually won some games last week it was good to feel it was it was good to see them win I'm happy I was wrong.
0: I want to uh, say that Dan <laughs> I want to be wrong Dan can I be wrong? I doubt it Somehow I doubt it.
1: And that's why I'm very frustrated at the lack of action at the deadline and why I'm frustrated with the Devils as a whole. Mm. Oh, by the way, everybody, the the schedule gets worse after the 27th.
0: That's all right. We'll worry about that. when We have to worry about it. But anyway, yeah, well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, again, the results haven't mattered since like uh, mid-November.
1: Yeah, um, which is also an, a, another symptom of the problem.
0: Um, and then uh, here's another fun graphic that is infuriating, but also hilarious. The the top 15 NHL teams in goals for per 60 against expected goals against per 60 since the all-star break Uh, devils are at number five. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: I, (laughs) Hey, it looks like goaltending is your biggest problem and other, other smaller issues. You want to make some changes that now let's just get Andrew Hammond. I will end this on a positive note, Dan. Mm -hmm. We do. There was a bit of good news with the devils. Oh, so replay? play. Yes.
0: I'll let you do it. I, oh yeah. I okay. It a lot. So you, you do this. Tell so the So we people have about three players news. coming back. We had Tyce Thompson get injured early in the season. We yep. had miles wood injured for the entire season and Yanni Kwakunen who, to be honest with you, he was so invisible this year that I didn't even notice that he wasn't playing for a while. Um, I, they're all coming back from injury. Quackenbush seems to be the closest with the possibility to play tonight uh, against the Rangers. And Wood, I mean, the energy is back in the locker room. That's that's all Amanda seems to want to talk about with Wood. But um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what that actually means on the ice. In terms of Thompson, he's probably going to get healthy enough to be sent down to the AHL immediately, um, which is fine. Again, that's where he's supposed to be at this moment in time. It's Quackenbush that bothers me. I think. He was completely just nothing for the entire time he was playing this year, and that could be explained by the fact that he too was playing John through injury. Yes, yes, he was, Man, and that it, it, came out. All,
1: <laughs> eh, eh. Well, I will say that with the impending returns of Miles Wood and Yannick Quackenbush, knock on wood that means we will not have
0: to see mason Geertzen as much oh, as we please do. not again please not again i can't i can't with this guy he doesn't even fight okay whatever we'll talk about him when he's gone we'll we'll do a you know a retrospective on mason geirson the uh the, the probably worst gift the rangers could have given the devils this year
1: anyway oh no the devils picked him up on waivers that's their own oh doing. no it i know Ra- it, it wasn't even a trade
0: the the no. gift was putting him on waivers to make him available So as any other team would have done, except apparently the Devils. But anyway, that being said, uh, thank you for joining us in this episode. We'll talk more about international goings on with um, some of the hockey tournament announcements that have happened recently. It's just this is a pretty packed episode. So those tournaments aren't really going anywhere. We'll talk about them next time. But as the Devils take on this tough three game slate, we know that we'll be watching. We know you'll be watching. And as always, thank you for joining us for this uh, trade deadline look back and recap of the western canadian trip all right john you got anything else or are we good to go
1: i want to be wrong dad i want the devils to beat the rangers by six tonight
0: <laughs> yeah I'm I'm don't we be... all <laughs> yeah but like the That's rolling stone at. said you can't always get what you want john And that is coming from a 27 year old. So thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of Garden State of Hockey.